0: Hi, I'm Dave Williams. In this episode of Conversations.Buzz, I had the great pleasure of talking with Penny Pizer, TV, movie, and stage actress, writer, poet, and one of the most creative and enjoyable people I've ever met. Like Penny, I love writing and performing, so we talked about those crafts quite a bit in this conversation. Penny is married to my friend and former KABC radio colleague Doug McIntyre, which is a full time job unto itself. In what spare time that and her career has allowed, She has written a wonderful book of original sonnets, very funny sonnets, and she performs them in full Elizabethan costume and character as Lady Penelope. You've got to see that for yourself on her YouTube channel to fully appreciate her talent and transformation. Just go to YouTube and search for Sonnets from Suburbia. And we begin with Penny reading one of her great sonnets from her book.
1: Do not compare me to a summer's day, for hot and sweaty shines the heaven's sun and prematurely hastens my decay. Deep <laughs> trenches in my brow have me undone. Do not tell me to look into my glass, which shows my forty winters' work and more. How darest thou comment on my fallen ass? You're <laughs> I'm not showing you the door. <laughs> Tis not fair, I am elder than you are, that you behold time's furrows on my face and make remarks that set my jaw ajar. My dear, I wish I could gallop a pace. You've mentioned how my form doth wax and wane. Say <laughs> that again, I well may cause you pain.
0: <laughs> That's great. Sonnets from Suburbia. It's the name of your book, and I also noted that you have a a website, and you do that kind of thing. Are you still keeping that up to date? Or, or uh, it that... is
1: not up to date, but shh, don't tell your who can tell. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about my you're, you're talking about my YouTube channel. Yes. Um. Yeah my my website's a mess. Don't go there. Yet. Okay. Um. But yeah, my YouTube channel, while not up to date, since dozens and dozens of people have been there. It'll be new to you. So, right. do go there. Yeah, just uh, go to YouTube, type in Sonnets from Suburbia in the search bar and and you will get there and there are 50 videos up there that you can <laughs> see me prancing around in my costume and that wig which is over there.
0: Lady Penelope.
1: Yes, I wanted to, Lady Penelope couldn't show up in her full regalia today, but so I, don't I, blame you. So I just brought her a wig.
0: But you got a T-shirt. That's cool.
1: I have a T-shirt. Marketing. <laughs> 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 All right.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll bounce around on the timeline. But what, uh, what led to the book? What led to the YouTube channel first? What led to the whole concept of you becoming Lady Penelope and doing a lot of your own sonnets?
1: Well, uh, let's see. Uh, it started over 10 years ago. I was in a Shakespeare class, an acting class, mm-hmm. uh, and one of our assignments, because we were getting up close and personal with iambic pentameter, uh, one of our assignments was to go home and write a sonnet. So I went home and I wrote a sonnet, um, which I, I think, it, and my first one was dedicated to my husband, and um, and I had so much fun, I wrote four of them. And I came back to class the next week and I said, oh, teacher, teacher, I wrote four. <laughs> he said, that's a nice penny, just read one. Uh, anyway, so I just kept writing them. I mean, I literally, I just kept writing them. I've always loved Shakespeare's sonnets. Um, it's, and, and, you know, I'm a Shakespeare lover, <laughs> joining the millions and millions. Um and i just i just kept going and going and going and then finally i you know i kind of got a book together this is years ago and um tried to get it published which is what you know us new writers tend to do tried to get it published submitted 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 rejection 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 then i started getting individual sonnets published in poetry journals um but i couldn't crack the book thing and one um one kind publisher well sort of kind. He rejected me, but he gave me some good advice. He said, well, because you're an actress, um, you know, why don't you try to have some kind of online presence, you know, do do something performing uh-huh. your sonnets or whatever. And I thought, good idea. I don't have any other good ideas. And uh, so I started doing that. And I guess the Lady Penelope thing, I just, you know, I just thought it would be fun because it's an Elizabethan, you know, very old form. And of course, you know, having doing them in a Shakespearean costume, I thought would be a very fun contrast to the modern themes that my sonnets have. Uh, It amused me. So that's what I that's what I started doing in the hopes that others would be amused.
0: Well, if they are certainly amusing. They're uh, they're they're brilliantly done. I don't oh, understand the form. I don't know what a sonnet is. I, will I don't know what iambic pan- 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 pentameter
1: pentameter iambic is. Pentameter. Uh,
0: so I thought I might as well just go ahead and uh, ask yes. that way you can um, explain it to others.
1: Yes. Um let's see. There are several different forms of sonnets. The only one that I use is called the Elizabethan sonnet. Some people refer to it as just the Shakespearean sonnet because that's what he used. It consists of 14 lines. The rhyming scheme is A B A B C D C D E F E F G G. Uh, and oh. the last, the last being a couplet. Um, in fact, I will do my, I will do a sonnet for you right now that okay. explains it. Dear friends, I'll teach you how to write a sonic. (laughs) Elizabethan is what I prefer. Twas good enough for Shakespeare. Let's get on it. Tis most familiar. Scholars would concur. Three quatrains and a couplet's all you need with alternating rhymes save for the end. Add Iambic pentameter indeed. Da-dump, 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 like heartbeats penned. All subjects are fair game, so fear ye not. Your muse can take the playing field at will. Observe the form most strictly to the dot, or lack of grace will follow from your quill. Do not begrudge the boundaries of meter, for rhyme and rhythm make this life much sweeter. Now, I will explain, okay, iambic pentameter, I iamb, I-A-M-B, is a foot of meter, which is dot-dump. So in iambic pentameter, you have five, (laughs) five (laughs) dot-dumps, dot-dump, 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 dot-dump. And so that is the, uh, and and Shakespeare, you know, an awful lot of his plays are also in iambic pentameter. They don't rhyme, but, um, you know. They're yeah they're in iambic pentameter and it can be a challenging form for the actor, especially when you're in a play speaking dialogue to make it. Uh, well, I wouldn't call I I I would never try, say I was going for natural when doing anything Shakespearean, but to make it live, let's put it. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about <clears throat> excuse me iambic pentameter, it's it is like heartbeats because your heart you know da dum da dum da dum. To dump like your heart goes, and that's why that's that's why I think it's so beautiful.
0: How does that, I don't want to get too too deep with this, but
1: that's uh, okay. I can't get much deeper. <laughs>
0: right? No worries. Well, no, I would <laughs> ask you about why you enjoy it. I think because I can't I can't understand as a, as a person who has tried to be a writer for a long time, um, I don't understand why tying myself to uh, you know a, a ruled rhythm. And repeating patterns is going to make it better in terms of trying to express thoughts or, or convey well, not, ideas.
1: You know, it's not a matter of better, Dave. It's a matter of different. Um, there are there are different ways to express oneself. I mean, some people like Haiku. Um, some, you know, it, and, and here's and here's what I think. Form to me does not mean, Imprisonment form is freedom for me. Um, uh, I'll, I'll well, not if you
0: it... have to grab one syllable and release two others to make it fit.
1: Well, well, that's you know, it's it's not for you, but it's that that's also um I'm trying to make an analogy. Uh in acting, you know, when you're doing a stage play, uh most most plays are blocked. What they call blocking and staged, you know, you must, you must, down the movement. Yeah. You must move stage left. Also, you'll miss your light if you don't move (laughs) stage left at a certain point. Um, But within that form, you know, for me as an actor, once the blocking gets locked in, and one could think of blocking the same way you were, you're thinking of the sonnet form, is that? Mm -hmm. so tight and how can you do anything if I have to move left on that line and what if I don't feel like it um within the form it's like um if when an actor has the blocking and the and the the map laid out within that map there is so much freedom to just go crazy because you just because you have to go stage left doesn't mean how you get there and how you feel when you get there is going to be stale or boring for the actor or for the audience. It's it's a form that can contain wildness. And I'm um, not sure if I can put it any better than that. Um, I totally understand your attitude about it, your feeling about it as a writer, um, I don't know. I I just really I just really love it. It's challenging. Um and sometimes, you know, I am not uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of free verse, but I'm not a very not a very good free verse poet. And uh, actually, uh, some of my best friends write free verse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know one particular. <laughs> I just finished reading Doug's book. It's wonderful.
1: Oh, well, now that's not free verse. That's that's prose. I mean... That's, that's
0: prose. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, <clears throat> I guess we shouldn't turn this into a writing lesson or an acting class for that matter. But uh, I am interested in your background and and uh, how you became an actor and uh, how long ago that started.
1: Uh, well, when I was six years old, my dad took me to a matinee of My Fair Lady, starring Julie Andrews and Rex Harrison. I don't mind wow. dating myself. Um, and... I just decided that's what I want to be as a little girl. So that was kind of the moment for me. And um, my parents wisely, you know, had no interest in, uh, well, I, it never occurred to me to be a child actor anyway, you know, yeah. because I, I, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, obviously people need children and things, but boy, I wouldn't want my kids in this world. Um, but yeah, so I just did plays and all that kind of usual stuff when I was growing up in school, and then I went to college, studied theater, left, went to New York, started working, and moved out to California. Speaking, you know, speaking of
0: speaking of My Fair Lady, I saw uh, I saw uh, the performance uh, years later, but it was it was like in the seventies, and Rex Harrison was still doing it, and it was hmm. a touring show in San Francisco, hmm. and I'm trying to think of the name of the woman who played, um, who played uh, Liza, Liza. Yeah. 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 I think, I think it was Kennedy, something Kennedy. Anyway, it was wonderful. But what blew me away was, was how, how he just mumbled his way through all the lines. (laughs) It was so impressive. Did you get well, that? When you to- say
1: mumbled, what do you what do you mean? You mean you couldn't? Well, I mean, you
0: know, he didn't sing; he talked. Sing.
1: Oh, he talked. Yeah, that it was always that way. Yeah. I mean, he did. He did have some. I mean, it was it was designed for his voice. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that they you know he was their star and and that's it. I lo- I loved it. Did it bother oh, so you that he wasn't singing? Oh,
0: just amazing wasn't being critical of that. It just, you, you made me think about that. So you, uh, you went, you started doing plays when you were a child and you went up to school, high school and so forth. You no, know,
1: Just in school. Yeah. In yeah. School. At what
0: point did you say, I think I need to try to do this for, you know, my, my future.
1: Well, I think I decided that definitely by college. Uh, I mean, cause I was studying theater. Uh, I had a, an amazing uh, teacher, drama teacher in high school. And I think a lot of. People who become uh, artists of any kind or writers or or whatever, or anything, actually, historians can point to some teacher that really turned them on and just really opened up a whole world to them. And we have to be so grateful for those people. You know, they're too few and far between. My teacher's name is Michael Penta. He's 90 years old. Mm. Oh, grief! Hang on. I thought I... Turned off my phone. How embarrassing. That's right. Um, um, anyway, Michael Penta is the name of my high school drama teacher. He's 90. He's just an amazing, amazing man. And so many people just owe him their careers. So it's you have someone in your life like that. It's it's just fabulous.
0: I understand. You have to have inspiration. Uh inspiration in terms of people to admire and people to to give you the confidence and encouragement,
1: and teach you, and
0: yeah, teach you. yeah, absolutely. I had uh, in the, the the one semester I went to college. By that time, I was working in radio. It's what I wanted to do, and they kept changing my schedule and stuff. And finally, I gave gave up on college and going. Ah, you know, you you're really not going to become a psych major. So, but I was taking drama class.
1: Uh huh. Well, that's we a good a great fit teacher. for radio. Pardon me. I just uh, I'm sorry I didn't mean to over that that it's a good fit for Oh,
0: uh, it's so good you know I did I did the acting in high school like you did and then I did a little bit on college in a brief time I was there and I had this amazing uh, instructor in college his name was Bill Sibley and he took me aside one day and he says you know what he says I think you've got it he says I think you've got uh, the makings of a of a professional if that if you care to go down that path it's very very hard he told me all the all the hurdles and the rejection and all that stuff.
1: Starvation.
0: Yeah. Right. So um, that was, that was great. But, uh, and as I, as I got better, I, I started work, working at, uh, on stage in community theater and I met some of the best actors I've seen, ever seen to this day. Wow. That just prefer to stay in community theater. Mm-hmm. And I forgotten why I started to tell you that because we we're supposed to be talking about you, but, uh,
1: That's okay. No, I, this is what you wanted a conversation. This is called conversing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Uh, so it's something I, it's something that I really love and, uh, um, uh, I, w- I was going to ask you to tell tell me about a little bit about, uh, how that turned into a profession for you. That's what it was.
1: Um, well, you know, it starts with desire. um, are, are, you mean my first job is? Yeah. There.
0: Well, you said you went. To, you moved to New York. You just kind of ran over. Well, there.
1: that was after. That was after college. I went to Emerson College uh, in Boston, and uh, my first professional job actually was. I think it was. Was it in between junior and senior year? The senior and I don't know. I was in an improv group called the Proposition in Cambridge, Massachusetts, that ran for many, many years. I was only in it involved for a year. Um, that was my first professional job.
0: Improv and
1: improv, all wow. improv. And not only that, it was musical improv. There was a piano, a brilliant piano player who worked with us. So you were not only making up the words, you were making up the tune. Well, she was kind of guiding you with the tune. You know, there yeah. were certain templates by templates, I don't mean tune uh melodies, but uh types of songs, like we knew. Every time we did a parody musical, we asked the audience, What do you want to see a musical about? And they'd go, uh, Toilet Paper Factory. That actually was one of them one time, one night. Um, And so we knew there'd be an opening up tempo number, there'd be a love ballad, and there'd be a torch song at the end. And I can't remember, there was some other type of song in there. And that was just. I mean, once you've done that, you tend to not be afraid of anything because it's the most terrifying thing in the world. You know, it, I
0: can't I can't think of anything more terrifying because it may be stand up.
1: Yeah, although stand up, you write. Yeah. Stand up is terrifying. I tried it once. I did one open mic night and that was the worst three minutes of my life, but (laughs) comics do write their material. So it's, you know, and obviously there is a good comic will there'll be an improvisational element where they might react to what's happening in the audience or riff off some idea, but it's, it's your plan. No one gets up there with no ideas and nothing planned. Um, even though it might seem that way. <laughs> um
0: well it, it should seem that way, right?
1: I guess. Um, <laughs> but I mean it's so did I don't know if you watch the Chris Rock special, but that that was a I did. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean that very tightly scripted. Yeah. That was you know, and, and Jerry Seinfeld, same way. Oh, every, mm-hmm. all of them. They, 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 they come there with their material that they've been honing over you know a year maybe of traveling around to clubs and seeing what works and then when they if they're on that level and they do a special that is the result of they have culled this material that has worked in countless right. weeks. so um
0: well, i know one of the things I, that one of the things that not one of the thing yeah. that makes it all worthwhile is uh when you're when you're on stage and you're doing, you're, you're in character and you're doing a role, whether you're having a dialogue or a monologue and the audience, the audience joins you, you know, kind of spiritually, mm-hmm. especially if you're doing comedy and you can get into that groove where you're interacting, you're you're interacting with their reactions to what you're doing. They're reacting to your reactions to their reactions and that sort of thing
1: mm-hmm. you can
0: send them up you know you can do a great comedy line and then they laugh and then you give it just a beat and a turn of a head and a lift of the eyebrow and they go up again not even quite sure why that's that's the uh that's the joy of live theater isn't it yeah
1: no it's um yeah it's it's wonderful i think uh I don't know if I can say most actors prefer the stage, but you know, I think an awful lot of them do.
0: A lot of them say they do anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you but then movies
1: are very hard and movies are very, very challenging.
0: That's what I was going to ask you next. What What, what is the big difference for you?
1: Oh, well just <clears throat> you, well, um, you get to do it over and over again until you get it right. Um, uh, <laughs> So I mean that's a big difference right there, and just just technically there are just so many. It's just so it, it it's it, it's very enjoyable, but it's a whole it's a whole different thing. There are just so many little teeny pieces to every scene. Um, there's it's it, it it really it really is challenging, and it it's you don't experience moments of exhilaration like you do on stage. Yeah. Um maybe when you get back in your trailer and and you go, or in my case, you know, a little TD dressing room. Um you might think, wow, that felt good. Or I think we I think we really got that scene. Or um I mean nothing's ever perfect. You're always going, ah, wish I had fill in the blank. Um, it's just a whole different it's such a different atmosphere and there's an intimacy to it that obviously you can't get on stage with cameras yeah. on this. Um, it's just there, you know, yeah. All the things, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah. take, take us, give us a little bit of the list of the, of the work that you've done uh, movies and the TV shows. I have the list here, but if I change screens, then I'm never going to be able to find your face again.
1: Yeah, no, that's too many that's windows. Okay, open. and a lot of them aren't don't need to be mentioned. If people really want to know, they can go to IMDb.com and they right, right. Every silly little thing I've done, and and some of the good things I've done. Um, let's see. Well, um, my first most significant credit was um, starring in Hotel Baltimore by Lanford Wilson off Broadway in New York. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a fantastic job. My first, that's how I got my equity card. Um, after that, um, I, my. One of my still best screen credits and first was uh, all the president's men. I had uh, one, one little scene. My little brother timed it. He goes, that was just 90 seconds. <laughs> anyway, um, with Dustin I just,
0: Hoffman. I just watched before we started talking, I watched your interview with Bob Woodward on that.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, that was cool. So you can find that on YouTube too.
1: Yeah, that, that's on my uh Penny Pizer channel, right? That's okay. not on the Sonnets from Suburbia channel, but easy, right. easy to find. Um, yeah, that was a guess, of course. Um, yeah, so all the president's men, um, my another favorite wonderful credit is uh, the in laws with Alan Arkin and Peter. Oh,
0: great, movie. and
1: Alan. Alan, who I'm still in touch with, wrote a wonderful little blurb on the back of my book.
0: Yeah, yeah, I saw he, that, yeah.
1: He's just such a sweetheart. Um, and The Frisco Kid with Gene Wilder and Harrison Ford. Mm. Uh, that movie, was a, that was a lot of fun. And my first television series was Rich Man, Poor Man. That was on Rich Man, Poor Man, book two, I should say. That was on during the 76-77 uh, season. I was I played Tony Randall's daughter on the Tony Randall show, right uh, another wonderful you know encounter with a totally unique actor um and crazy like a fox with Jack Warden mm-hmm. and um not played landing. his
0: daughter- in law right?
1: Yes, and Knots yeah. landing with all those knotts landing people. <laughs> Uh, and then other than that, I, you know, a bunch of television movies, uh, Blue and the Gray, I suppose, most notably, that was a Civil War mer- miniseries, which people always confuse with the North and the South. They always go, well, you're in the North and the South. No, I was in the Blue and the Gray. Same war, two different, two different series. And I played um, Colleen Dewhurst's uh, daughter and uh, Lloyd Bridges was my father um these are names that are fast becoming lost to a lot of my younger friends uh and
0: uh yeah but they're huge, huge. How, how did <laughs> us, how did you uh, how did, how did you get started professionally in in those regards did you how, how did you find a, an agent and you know progress oh. from there
1: oh uh okay well when i moved to new york i secured the uh, requisite uh, waitressing job um i was a lousy waitress i was an irritated angry waitress because i didn't <laughs> have to be doing that i did not make a lot of money because of my attitude but if it did pay my rent for a while um yeah anyway in, back in the day 1973 you could still do what they called making rounds and by the way that whole thing i think was done even before i left new york in 1976 um literally i had an i had a list of addresses of agents i had my little stack of 8 by 10s with my resume stapled on the back and you walk around literally hmm. knocking on doors sometimes the doors would be locked i remember there was a mail slot on one door i don't remember whose office it was well. But it was not eight inches wide. And it was the message specific to me, the message was specifically, thou shalt not put thine eight by ten in this slot. (laughs) Gosh. And I was so I was trying to get it in, and then I just balled it up, threw it on the floor, and left it there. I didn't call. Um, But anyway, so that's how I got my first agent. Um Mm. literally someone said, All right. work with you. And so then, you know, the first thing I did was some commercials. That was kind of the first thing I got. And um, anyway, so it just went on from there. And, you know, my first agent dropped me, of course. Um, And, but then I got a television series. So, you know, (laughs) I I am nothing if not mature. Um, Anyway, so, you know, had an agent and agents submit you for jobs and, you know, you have to go for, have a lot of auditions to get one job. And, um, yeah. And so then because of all the president's men, which came out in 1976, um, off Broadway where, where I had been working, um, was really kind of dead and I couldn't get arrested on Broadway. No one, no one wanted me. I had a million auditions for Greece and they just weren't buying. And, uh, Anyway, so I decided to go out to California and visit my uncle for a few months. And just since I had this piece of film and at the time there was so little film being done in New York and no one really cared about film. You know, the only thing that was going on, you know, soap operas were in New York and the occasional movie would shoot there, but no television, no, was really dead. So I thought, well, I got this little piece of film. I'll, I'll go out to California, never been. So I went out uh, to stay for the summer and I never came back.
0: (laughs) Sounds Um, like, sounds like a success story right there. And you're still there. You're still in Southern California. I'm
1: still there. I'm still here, darn it.
0: You're still working.
1: Still working when they let me, but now I've I've created my own work. Yeah. Oh, and actually uh, Lady Penelope is going to be performing at the LA Fringe Festival this June. I have three shows there in June. And so if you're in the area, Dave, or any of your listeners, do come by and see it. Check the Fringe schedule. I anyway, know that's going to be a lot of fun.
0: I'm sure it will. When, when did you meet Doug? Doug McIntyre, for anybody who may not know, is, uh, was a, a tremendous uh, radio talk show host for many years, KABC in Los Angeles, and also uh, did, uh, did quite a bit of work at WABC in New York. He, was a, he became a friend of mine when I was working with him. I started, oddly enough, doing a morning show, and he was doing the overnight show that led into it, uh, he called Red Eye Radio. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my show failed miserably and deservedly, and uh, I went to work at another station and so forth, but I would still see Doug from time to time, and uh, we just really kind of hit it off. And I came back to work with him. As his news guy. Yeah. And uh, somebody. You were there on his on.
1: last day. The first time around. Yes. He, yeah.
0: Yes. I remember that very well. Because he had. He told me. He says. All right. He says. I've recorded. My last half hour. So I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> and uh, he says. We're going to play. And then we're going to play the tape. And it was the weirdest thing. You know. Uh, him saying goodbye on the air. But he was already half an hour gone. But. uh Uh, But I love Doug, and I love his humor, and his background as a TV writer, and so forth. And uh, now he's written a wonderful novel.
1: It's terrific. I really really love it.
0: Called In Frank's Shadow, and that's going to be coming out in July. But this book of yours is out. But I I was going to question, as I was was looking at your material online, is this the first uh, uh, Lady Penelope uh, publication, or were were there others?
1: No, no. This is... This is it.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> fun reading. It's Thank and, you. And it's enjoyable because the only time I have to read really is is at night when I go to bed. And I try to go to bed a few minutes early so I can at least get a few pages in before mm-hmm. I nod off. This, your book is perfect for that because you can read a sonnet in a minute or two and, and maybe work in five of them before before the yeah. lights go out. So Good. Anyway,
1: Glad to hear that.
0: It's delightful anything else coming up that uh, we should know about? Uh
1: well, I'm working on my next book, um of uh, sonnets. Of course. The next yeah, this is uh Sonnets from Suburbia More Candles Than Cake. My next book is going to be Sonnets from Suburbia The Sexual Contextual. Um anyway, uh so I so that and uh you know my show, I'm going to be in rehearsal for my uh, Ellie friend show. And then yeah, any yeah. other TV film opportunities that come along, that's always kind of in there, you know, auditions yeah. come auditions go. Yeah. Once in a while, a job comes along. So you,
0: uh, you prefer to do piecemeal stuff or do you like, uh, you know, like series work or. what? Oh,
1: who wouldn't like to be on a series? I, I've done 4 I've been, I can't complain. I've done four television series and, uh, none of them ran more than a season and a half. Yeah. You know, Consider that my fault, but um uh no, having a if you're doing having a series is a dream job. These days they're they are doing so much high quality, limited series things that are just as good as any feature you might see anywhere. I mean, television is so different than it was in the 70s when I started. I mean, oh (laughs) Oh, for you cat lovers, little cat just <laughs> made, a, made an appearance. Let me let him out. What? Okay. <laughs> okay, go. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm sure you have some cat people in your audience.
0: Well, I've, I'm in, in our cat's room right now. She shares my office with me.
1: Oh, nice. This is where
0: She sleeps. And I don't know if you, well, I've got, I've got the background blur. Fuzzy her,
1: background her, thing. On. Her
0: cat tree is really back there. And, and I am uh, no more than three and a half feet away from the litter box. But, uh,
1: oh, well that may that Alexa just reminded plus. me to clean. Well. So,
0: anyway, uh, okay, Annie, can can you give us another, another one of your sonnets before we
1: sure. say goodbye? Oh, well, I'll read one. That's sort of in between. Okay, It's called all's not lost. How can it be so many years have passed, despite my mighty efforts to forestall? I am a senior citizen, at last. My ID tells the sorry tale to all. Neither push-ups nor exfoliation can fool discerning eyes in Hollywood. While plastic surgery is a sensation, tis somewhat risky, I'm not sure I should. And now, observing wrinkles on my neck and softening belly laughing in my face, the time is right to make a holy trek into my soul before I end the race. But all's not lost. Some progress has been made. My life insurance premium's been paid.
0: <laughs> All right. you Now, you just set me up for a, a, an area of question of I, I probably shouldn't shouldn't go into. But, um,
1: but you're going into it.
0: Well, where where we go. You, you, uh, well, you, you made reference to all the things that you did in the Mm seventies and now your son had just talked about getting older and being in Mm -hmm. Hollywood and so forth. Honest to God on this screen, as I'm looking at you, uh, if I didn't know you'd hadn't met you before, hadn't read about you, I would have said, there's a 50 something one. God bless you, son. Seriously. (laughs) But I'm wondering is uh, if, if, as we've been led to believe over the years, in the articles and the interviews we've read, if uh, if the aging problem is still a problem for an actor in uh, in uh, Hollywood and, and in particular for women,
1: uh, I think it's definitely gotten better, but it it still is. Sure, it is, and also, um, yeah, it's you know it, it is if you look at. Well starting starting with Shakespeare if you look at the ratio of male to female roles right every play in Shakespeare there are exponentially more men than women there might be one or two women and a gaggle of men you know mm-hmm. um i mean hamlet you've got you've got <laughs> ophelia and uh, hamlet's mother and then all those other guys and you know it just you know, it's just it's just the way it is. But obviously, there have been um, you know many more strides made in that area. But but you know, there's no question, especially in in, in Hollywood, especially you know in Europe, in, in America, in Europe, not you know it's it's different. You you look at TV shows, you look at stuff in in Britain, for example, you will see a lot of mature, a lot more mature actresses starring in things or having significant roles in television things movie things well they can
0: hang a title on you like dame or lady (laughs) yeah Yeah,
1: but there are very few of those too so um yeah it's a thing it's a thing
0: is the material getting better
1: uh in that regard for older women yeah uh yeah i'll say yes um I'll say yes. Um, It's it's more I'll just say personally, um, it's more difficult for me than it ever was to land a gig because I mean, I was very, you know, as I said before, very, very fortunate when I was younger. I played a lot of leading roles and uh, the kind of roles that I used to do on television are now being done by the size, I should say, the size of being done mm. by very, very well-known people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've auditioned for roles where they were kind of, and this is, ju- I, this, I'm not even, it sounds like a complaint. I'm not even complaining. This is just the reality where in reality, I was reading for something that they had already had an offer out to Susan Sarandon. Uh-huh. And they and they have auditions as a backup because Susan Sarandon may decide she doesn't want to do it. And yeah. choice A, B, B, C, and D meant you know. But it's um, yeah. So quite well known people are doing small what I consider you know smaller roles than they ever would have done on television as they age. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's I that. Think
0: from my understanding, too, is that for so long there was this. Uh, uh, this attitude that uh, uh, movies and TV were two very different things, and movie actors didn't want to lower yeah. themselves to working on TV. And now, as you no said, no longer, no longer. TV has gotten amazingly so much better now oh, that yeah. we have nine hundred channels to choose from. We can see everything that we ever loved in the past, and we can see these remarkable uh, short,
1: amazing short,
0: limited series. That, uh, that uh, you know are as good as any any films that were ever made.
1: Absolutely, if not better than what's around today. I mean, it, it's it's the highest quality material. It's, it's it's amazing, and so you know, it's it. I should say the you know, I mean, competition and difficulty has always been a part of being an actor. Right. It's just it's, just, it's been that way. Probably sure. even <laughs> well, I won't say Shakespeare's time because all the men were playing the women's parts. Right. There's right. that. Yeah. Um but yeah, it it's 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 just it's just the way it is. You gotta, yeah. you gotta accept it. And you have to learn to find your uh I don't want to sound too highfalutin, your artistic fulfillment in your own area, which is why I wrote this book and uh, mm-hmm. why I love writing because you know it's the one thing I'm completely in control of. I'm not controlled. Totally I'm not in control of how many sell, uh, but I'm not in control of reviews. But um, it's just it does feel really good to create something of your own. I'm
0: Let's really talk sure. for just a moment about uh, the film that you and Doug did together with uh, oh. Jack Sheldon.
1: Mm.
0: Is that still available to be found?
1: Uh, it is. It At the moment, I'm having a little difficulty with Amazon. The DVD was on Amazon for since from 2008 till hmm. late last year. Um, uh, it's available for download. Uh, you can rent it for $4.99 or something. Yeah. Buy it for download. I get. I think that's on Vimeo. I should send gonna, you some I'm, links. I'm going to screw gonna up the
0: s- title if I try it. It's like something trying to, get to get good. good. The Jazz Odyssey
1: good. of Jack Sheldon.
0: And why Jack and a, Sheldon? And Jack theory. Sheldon was, a for anybody who doesn't know, a, a wonderful comedic actor. As well as an absolute virtuoso uh, with a Trump as a trumpet player, and uh, he be- he hit the he hit the top the very top rung of every ladder he ever climbed. Yeah, but you all became friends too, right?
1: We did. Yeah, uh, I would say more Doug than me. I mean, Doug was friends with him and had worked with him before we started this project. Which took us five. The first five years of our marriage were spent uh, on Jack Sheldon. Uh, that was a great. That was a great project for Doug and yeah. I. We had a fantastic time. We did well on the uh, film festival circuit. We just met a lot of amazing musicians. It was just uh who we're still friends with today and it's it was great, great project And for those of you who have been dying to see a Zen documentary, let me refer you to that poster. yeah, Still point. <laughs> I can't see second. it.
0: Oh, you still can't point. See it. Is that what it says Still
1: point? Yeah. Yeah. I bet your viewers can see it. Um, Still point um, is a a documentary that I made about a Zen meditation center that my sister was living in. Um, That's available on VHX. Uh I should send you all these links, Dave. Sure. Uh, And a link my and a link for my book. Most important. Oh yeah.
0: Well, no, I'll, I'll have pictures of the book and I'll, all kinds okay. of stuff on I there. will
1: send you the links. Right. Um, links. We have so, it used to just be sausage links. Now it's you know,
0: <laughs> or the <links>. animal.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. right. Um anyway, that is a very little scene documentary. I don't know why, but it's a quiet
0: movie. What fun.
1: It's very quiet.
0: Sounds like you always you're still having a good time yeah. living a creative life. There's no better way. Yeah,
1: I am, and I'm a grandmother, which is just fantastic.
0: Yes, I've seen the pictures. Yeah, on Facebook of Bud, with Doug, Bud, you, you know your your husband Buzz. Bud McIntyre.
1: But yeah,
0: all right. Oh, well, you
1: asked quickly how Doug and I met. We met on the radio in 1999. Really? Yes, I, he was. I'm,
0: sh- I'm sure you guess- told us that story, but I just don't recall.
1: Oh, I well, not on not on this show. No, um, not here. No. Yeah, um, I I was. Super briefly, Doug was guest hosting a radio show that a girlfriend of mine and I were booked on. We were promoting a charity event we were doing. And Doug was walked in, Doug, Doug was there. So that's, we have actually have a recording of our meeting somewhere.
0: He's one of the all time great masters of ceremony, too.
1: He is. He truly is.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Got to let you go. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're welcome. This is it been delightful.
0: It was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, we're going to, I want to plug your book and, um, you know, everything you. else. And and uh, tell Doug I'll need to talk to him again when his book actually goes official. Excellent. He's
1: yeah. counting on it. But,
0: yeah. All right. Penny Pizer, thank you. Bye. Bye. You can get Penny Pizer's wonderful book, Sonnets from Suburbia, at Amazon. And you'll find her YouTube channel at sonnetsfromsuburbia.com. Go check it out. And thanks for listening to Conversations.buzz. I'm Dave Williams.